0: Bye. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour, sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing, Eastside Jiu-Jitsu, and That's Badass Wood Art. Remember to hit the like and subscribe button below for more Vikings content throughout the regular season. The Vikings just wrapped up their second preseason game, uh, lost again, but it really doesn't matter because we're just kind of looking at the guys. and and if, Tell that to the Baltimore
1: up? Ravens, Matt.
0: That's true. What are they, <laughs> 25 straight preseason wins? Twenty four, twenty
1: four 24 heading in tonight or something
0: like that. That's nuts. Zim would be even, proud. <laughs> Zim did have a, an astonishing good preseason record. Um, but, yeah, records really don't matter in preseason. Um, but there were some guys who stood out this, this past week. I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on who stood out to you. Ryan was at the game. Um, so he got the oh, first-hand experience. <laughs> got to he's take got the kids, man. Season. It's it's a good it's a good excuse to take the little ones. Yeah, he's right. he's got that extra season t- ticket now, so or two, so you can take a, you can take four people. Yes, sir. But, uh, Ryan, we can start with you, man. What, what did you see on on Saturday that was worthy of talking about?
2: Yeah, I was uh, I, I was trying to keep an eye on some of the players that I really am like want to see succeed, right? Obviously I want everyone to succeed, but there's some players that, you know, we drafted higher or that I really liked coming out of the draft either this year, or last year, whatever. Um, so I, my eyes were really on Lewis, Dean and Andrew Booth a lot on defense this game. Um, and, and honestly, I know Scene really had that one really bad play where, you know, obviously you got to at least make contact, but for sure, at least, you know, at least for sure, at least make contact, but really should have made that tackle. Um, sure. Where where you know Tajay Spears went off for you know that long touchdown and again I'm watching from the end zone right so it, it's kind of coming right at me but you know it, it's a tough play and Tajay Spears made a great play on that in, Yeah, Tajay in, in the Spears hole is
0: slippery like let's not he, forget that yeah I mean exactly
2: like he he was drafted what I mean if he would have probably gone higher if he didn't have some medical concerns but you know he's he's a good player so. You know, outside of that play, though, I thought Lewisine had a really good game. Really good, maybe, is a stretch, but a good game. And, uh, you know, he I think he had a sack. He had a, a big third down stop, um, a big hit over the middle uh, after a completed pass, uh, kind of playing that zone. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was impressed with his game. And then Andrew Booth, I thought Andrew Booth played really well as well. He had one bad play where... You know, he had a one-on-one opportunity at the running back uh, to save a first down on third down. He missed the tackle. Uh, Lewisine ended up having to come in and push him out of bounds. I believe it was Um, But outside of that, he he was pretty sticky in coverage. He was talking trash the whole game. Um, and and you know, granted, I don't know if he it was warranted or not. But you know, he was doing it, which I like. Um, so I yeah, I thought he, I love
1: the shit talking. yeah
2: yeah yeah um so i I think uh i think those two had a pretty good game i mean considering and i know scene is getting trash on twitter because of that missed tackle but again you gotta you can't just take one play and just blow it up into the the whole guy's career here right i mean he had actually a good game um so i I was pretty happy with it and then
0: on the offensive side of the ball hold on one second can we can we just talk about how absurd it is that people are reacting this way about lewis scene like the guy literally had a compound fracture, barely played last year. Like, this is his, his real like first game action, and he misses one play versus a very elusive running back. And there, somebody said cut him. Now, I, everyone probably knows who that is, but that's just ridiculous. Like, in I, mean, the, I actually have like, no idea who said that, but that's I don't know either. hilarious. No, I can send it to you. But, but you know in, the takes are going to get
2: wild, though. I know, but I mean, like, again, people have high expectations. First round pick, right? Touted, and again, who we took sure, in he's place, right? because, the ball. No, he, I, hey, you know me. I'm, <laughs> I'm a defender at this point because I, I I have been impressed with his play this preseason. But you know, we have Kyle Hamilton right at a, you know at, at our fingertips there in that situation. Sure. We trade back. Kyle Hamilton's playing well last year. I don't know how he's doing this preseason or if he's even playing this preseason, but. um well, even so, guys so you, like, like Jalen Petrie for the Texans who have looked really good. Petrie, Kirby Joseph for the Lions, right, yeah, um, yeah. And, and Brisker for the Bears. So, like, there's some good safeties that came out of last year's class mm-hmm. and Lewis seen playing catch-up due to that injury. So, I mean, I get the high expectations, but, again, it's one play. And, yeah. and are you, is that going to negate all the, the different plays where he was in the right spot, did make contact, did make the tackle? You know, uh, I, I just don't understand why the, the sack that he had isn't being glorified as much as the, you know, getting as much love as the miss tackle is getting that much hate. So.
0: Yeah. And I also think like, I mean, he's flying around. He's, he's always near the ball. And in just the, the brief tape that I've watched, and I even sent to you guys before we hopped on here, just like he's even like kind of calling out stuff in, in communicating on where to pass off coverage and whatnot. And so I'm not, I'm not here for the, the Lewis scene slander you know through two preseason games give me a freaking break all right you were going to talk on offense but i feel like we got to get miles in here um who is probably working and and doing this at the same time <laughs> uh, i i will not confirm nor deny i can cut that out too if uh, if you don't want me don't, to air it. no you're fine um miles who stood out from you on the defensive side this weekend <sighs>
1: I mean, we we talked about Lewisine. I I thought he did have a better game than what he get credit for. Um, I also think like defensively, I've seen you post a few clips, but I think guys like um, T.J. Smith had a, had a decent a couple he of decent play really plays. well. I mean, I think the hard part is like that defensive line got ran over yeah. for the most part all game, so it's hard to call like some of those guys. Um, like standouts because they literally let them run for over 200 yards and now i know a lot of that tennessee team is like it's the preseason and like if you run the ball down their throats it's gonna happen but i think it's just tough to see some of these guys um i think maybe guys like joan williams you know looked better than he did week one mm-hmm. um i mean we still have naji thompson I, I would love to see a bit more like reps on defense but as a special teamer like that dude like, I can already tell that, like, fans have, are, are, like, in love with this dude. And, like, he they're, like, basically, like, have already claimed a roster spot for he's him. He's already right? made like, the team. He's already made the team. And I'm not saying he shouldn't either because, <laughs> like, that'd be awesome. That's a really cool story. Um, But, like, guys like that. Um, Ivan Pace you know, I mean, jumped I out just, a little bit again. I was just going to say, Ivan Pace leading the defense, you know, with the green dot. And I, I just think I'm not sure. How, I, I didn't. I don't quite remember how much into the second half he played, but obviously they pulled him. Um, Troy Reader has been a little bit more, I think, disappointing to me than mm-hmm. I thought he would be. Not that I thought he was like really good or anything, but more as like a depth piece. I thought maybe there would be a little bit more, especially an understanding of like Kevin O'Connell from LA. Now I know he's not from this defense, so it might be a little bit of a transition for him. But um, I thought just as a veteran, he'd be a little bit more, a little bit better as a depth piece, and maybe in in games um with other starters he might be a little bit better and and rise to that a little bit more because i think the one thing with preseason games is all these backups third string fourth string guys guys that aren't going to make rosters you know backups are playing with some of these guys so it's harder to like stand out in a team game when everybody around you might not be like nfl caliber players and so Mm -hmm. um that some of that stuff's tough it's tough to like read and understand from a guy like troy reader maybe it's like the guys around him aren't as good, so it it's easier to expose some of the things. But you'd also still like to just see some veterans stand out. Um, who else? I mean, they I didn't give Whitley
0: up. looked good, by the yeah, way. Whit- I don't know. Whit- I don't know if Whitley he saw any of good. his plays, but he was he was relentless and he was just busting through. I, I would say our defensive line as a whole did a lot better in in pass rush in in, yeah, in passing downs fair. than they did you know, rush defense. But yeah, Whitley was another guy who I was like, oh, okay. Um, had a, a, a few good plays there as well. Yeah. And and honestly, I didn't even know he was on the team.
2: Um, uh, Sheldon Day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I he, he had like couple, I didn't he, even realize he was on the team. And all of a sudden, I'm like, who is that? I think he's the one that forced that yeah. fumble and yeah. he ended up picking it up and whatever. But like, uh, I was like, "Ooh, who is?" It? And I'm like, "Sheldon Day, blast from the past, Notre Dame cred, right there." I haven't <laughs> heard that name in years. I feel like so.
0: Well, let's. uh I mean, Theo Jackson.
2: Is a- Theo, sorry, Theo Jackson
1: was another one. I thought played had well. That's some splash plays, Um, and a, a few times they call his name on the on the broadcast. And it's hard when you're not like locked into to guys like in the preseason. Like it's better to go back and watch because. I don't always watch the preseason. I like to watch specific guys sometimes. So it's hard to like watch the game as a whole. Um, So it's a little bit different to like review it. But like as a whole, like he stood out, he had a few good plays. I've seen some people say, like, I think Andrew Kramer Kramer came out um, for the Star tribune and said that he thinks Theo Jackson make the team over Jay Ward, which I'd have a hard time believing that only just because he's a fifth round pick and he's a rookie. And so like most teams want their rookies and they're like current draft stay. picks to stay like you don't want to. It's not like even saying giving up, but like those guys usually have a step above any outside player. That's like a, a veteran minimum type player like a like a Theo Jackson. So I'd have a hard time seeing that. But you never
0: know. Yeah. And I, it's, it's interesting you bring up Jay Ward's name. I haven't heard a lot about him thus far in, in training camp. And so maybe that's someone with this tape we just go back and, and look just yeah. just to see yeah. how he's doing um and i was trying to keep an eye on him during the i was trying to keep an eye on him during
2: the game i didn't think he like played bad i just you know yeah. it just he he was definitely he didn't make any splash plays but i don't think he made any like crazy big mistakes either so um it's kind of hard to like i don't know judge somebody off of like because you don't know if they're not around the ball, you don't really know what they're doing, right? So yeah. Um yeah, well the trying Miles to a little point, bit.
0: Right. It's you're you're surrounded. It's it's supposed to be a team game and who knows. Hold on, I just got a notification that scene is hurt. Oh yeah. Could be something else though. Ugh. Where did what is DC? Uh Alec Lewis, uh Vikings safety Lewis scene just came up injured a bit. Uh, looked oh, like he is. tweaked his groin. He's going to the tent.
1: Those, those are never fun. I can tell you guys from experience. That shit is not fun. Yeah.
0: Um, well, all right. Looks well. like
1: Addison. Looks like Addison is back out there. Um, he's yeah, got we a got a ger- lot of good news today. Got a red jersey,
0: but yeah. Addison Naylor. Asamoah. Naylor. I'm excited about that one. Like we got all the we got all the the care. gang I don't is care back about together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just oh my gosh.
1: I'm, just ki- I'm just kidding. I'm
0: just kidding. Let's switch to the offensive side quick, just to recap uh, Saturday's game, somebody that, uh, that stood out to me who probably isn't making the team, but Ben Sims um, just, he just looked the part of an NFL tight end. He was, you know, running good routes. He was a very good inline blocker. I think you maybe have saw, you maybe saw the, the post I sent out about the crackback block that he had to kind of free up Ty Chandler. And so when, when it comes down to the preseason, you're just kind of looking at guys and, and seeing who stands out, and I would say the, the third tight end position is probably up for grabs. Um, I don't know. We haven't really seen Johnny Munt this preseason. And I yeah, think
2: he played the first game, didn't mm-hmm. he? And then he didn't play this game. Uh, yeah, they Muse
1: kept out a lot more guys well. this game than they did the first one because of the inner squad scrimmages.
0: Yeah. Um, Nick Muse has played well. Ben Sims has played well. Um, I'm missing somebody in that group, but yeah, tight end is another, it looks to be a very deep uh, position group for the Vikings. So, Should we talk about that real quick, Matt? Yeah. So I've had a few people like, you know, I
1: think you like people mentioning like roster spots and things. And I think sometimes we overhype like solid preseason game performances for like bottom of the tier roster guys, which I mean, That's the only glimpse people get to see of some of these guys. So it makes sense. Yeah. Um, But like, I've seen people say, Oh, should the Vikings keep four tight ends and keep Nick Muse because they don't want to subject him to waivers, those types of things. And I just wanted to say, like, I think, I think we overrate some of that in that. I think Nick Muse being around is great, but like the roster in itself isn't built to roster four tight ends on the 53 and a fullback. Yeah. So like there's that. And I also just think like, Nick Muse is like the perfect practice squad type of tight end in that you have him on the practice squad, call him up because you know, he's been around and he knows the playbook and you think you could maybe play him in a pinch if you had to, but like, I'm just not sure as a total, he's probably ready to be an every game dressers player type of type of guy. And so I don't know that that just could be me maybe over correcting that too.
0: I, I, I definitely agree. Was, was Muse a, was he a Spielman Seven. Zimmer seventh, seventh round pick last year? Well, it was year. last. Oh. Year. So yeah, okay. yeah, he,
2: he was he was a crazy guy. I don't. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, the hard part is I I'm not watching every rep of him, yeah. and I can yeah. obviously go back and do so because from a receiving perspective, he seems to have the juice that we need. Um, probably from a third guy, right? Um, however, I have no idea how he's doing as a blocker. So that that's kind of the the. Double edged, sort of speak, uh, so to speak, of like you have to be able to do both. I think at least competently as that third uh, tight end, because we we do have the you know more defined pass receiver in in Hawkinson and the more defined blocker in Oliver. And I know they both can do both, uh, but you need to kind of have that good balance there. So I don't know how he's doing. I know that um, you know, in, in from the past, you know, we've seen that third tight end. Um, you know, whether it be, you know, Conklin back in the day or whatever, they've been able to kind of progress and and develop. So we want to get somebody in that spot, I think, that has that potential, which is why I like Muse in the tight end three spot. But he's got a bit of a battle um, against Munt because Munt has, you know,
0: some history. And Kevin O'Connell, whether you take it as a compliment or not, did call Johnny Munt the best third tight end in the NFL. Or tight end three, yeah. whatever it was, um, it wouldn't surprise me to see them actually move on from Nick Muse um, if Ben Sims kind of performs because he's also a rookie, um, and that's probably more feasible to sneak onto a practice squad. But it, it's an interesting conversation. And well, they they you,
1: snuck Nick Muse on the practice squad last year. I just don't
0: know if you can do it again. Maybe you can.
1: I mean, I, I, this is where I am. I'm at with guys like Nick Muse as an example. I'm not. He's not the only person, but I feel like a lot of teams have players like Nick Muse on their roster that fans of all those teams are like, "Oh man, I don't know if we can sneak that player through waivers." But like every team has these types of players mm-hmm, that true. they're excited That's about true. that teams don't always cover or need to cover because they have their own in-house guys. Yeah. And so again, that doesn't mean he wouldn't get plucked by somebody else. If you like, if you if you wave him, I still want like guys to go make fifty-three man rosters elsewhere. Yeah. But like, I just I do think sometimes we over. Uh, overrate our own players because they're the ones that we see every day. Mm-hmm. But like every, every roster, every team has these types of players. We're like, you probably, we probably all overrate them a little bit more than the league does. Yeah.
0: Right. It, it'll be an interesting uh, activity for us next week to go through the, another projected 53 man roster. So uh, back to the offensive side of the ball, anybody else that stood out to you guys on, uh, on Saturday's game?
2: I, I mean, thought honestly.
0: that uh, running back and um,
2: now why am I drawing a blank on his name? I said it earlier in our group chat. Dykes. Um, Dykes, Dykes. Yeah, I thought that Dykes came in and showed some juice considering he's only been on the team for like what, two, three days. And I, I'm not sure, you know, if he was brought onto the team to be able to compete or if he was more of a body as they're starting to sit some more of these guys. But uh, I think he came in, he actually had a couple good kick returns. Um, and Again, when he had the opportunity at running back, I think he showed a little bit more juice than than both uh, Dwayne McBride and um, uh, uh, Smith.
0: We're losing you a little bit. For what it head. is, I don't
2: know. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: You're, good. You're um, good.
2: So for yeah, so for what it's worth, you know, I I think that that's that's uh, that's interesting because you have Dwayne McBride who is kind of touted as we mentioned last week as this like steal of the draft and and he's getting outplayed by some guys who we signed off the street so
0: yeah again it, it goes back to Miles's point a little bit that we kind of overhyped these guys and Dwayne McBride was somebody that was overhyped probably the second he was drafted um, not to say that he can't still be good and that he won't make the team but uh, you know with guys like Aaron Dykes that are coming in off the street and and making the most of an opportunity. Uh, He looked a lot more elusive and quick and decisive on Saturday than Dwayne McBride did, but at the same time, McBride had a few good plays as well. So, uh, but I do think, you know, speaking of the running back room, Ty Chandler has all but secured that RB2 role. In my opinion, I thought, at least in the stuff that I watched I know he's not getting the stats that you'd want, but he's also not playing a whole lot. Uh, but he looks elusive. Um, his pass protection could probably use a little bit of work, but again, patient, quick decision, um, just a little bit, a little bit of pop, and he's a natural pass catcher too, which I think is going to help um, kind of supplant Alexander Madison on third downs if if need be. So
1: I still wonder what the plan is there. I want because we know that they've been sniffing around some veteran. Um, running yeah. backs, and the, obviously they brought in Aaron Dykes instead of a a Mike uh, Mike Davis, Mike Davis, or even a Kareem Hunt. But um, I'd just be curious if like waiver waiver time comes around, maybe there's a a guy that they want to they want to bring in because they just don't trust some of the like some of the things like a Ty Chandler, Kenny Nwang who's been hurt, and we still haven't heard anything about. Um And then obviously Dwayne McBride. Um, so I'd, I'd just be curious, maybe that's a position that we're just not sure what they end up doing behind Madison. I obviously I think Chandler's gonna be around, so I'm not like suggesting right. he won't be, but maybe they bring in more true competition slash like
2: depth. So yeah. Well and you uh, put out that tweet earlier today, I think mm-hmm. Miles, around not just running backs, uh, but also offensive guards uh that poten- or interior offensive alignment that yeah. potentially could be available. Who what were some who were some of those names again?
0: Yeah, let me pull those up. Um Gaskin, Miles Gaskin was one. I like the, the Michael Carter. Scott. Oh, yeah. yeah. So
1: I just looked at, like, all the different rosters and, like, where their teams are running back-wise. Like, obviously, Boston Scott for Philly. He's been good for them as, like, a pass catcher, explosive. Daryl Williams is a good receiver. He's uh, out of the backfield. He's been with Kansas City, um, Arizona, and now he's with New Orleans. James Robinson was obviously with Jacksonville, got cut last year, was with the Patriots, got cut again. Super weird. And then, obviously, the Jets, who now have brought in Dalvin Cook to go with Brees Hall, and they drafted uh, Ig, uh, Israel Ig... I'm, I'm going to butcher his name, so I apologize. Yeah, I'm I don't know how to say me. it, yeah. um, but, So, like, Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter, I feel like one of those guys is probably gone in that instance. Um, and then, similar thing with the Miami Dolphins, with uh, Salvin Ahmed and uh, Miles Gaskin, with them yep. having driving Devin A-Chain and then bringing back Jeff Wilson, and uh, Raheem Mostert on two-year deals. I feel like one of those guys is probably not making the team. And so one of those guys who's – all these guys have had – they have pass-catching ability, and they're guys that have experience in the NFL that the Vikings could use. And so there are just some names that, like, stood out to me as I, like, looked across the league on some, some like, depth charts and stuff.
0: Yeah, I think it's good to to get a good glimpse at that because, again, it's not just – the people on our 90 man roster that are going to make the final 53, it could be from elsewhere. Um, And and I, I appreciated you going through and looking at some of those names. I want to talk about two more, a position group and a, a person before we wrap um, and get your thoughts there. So Ryan, I'll let you pick which one you want to go with, but offensive line was a talking point on Saturday after the game. And then Jaron Hall is that, you know, developmental quarterback that everyone's kind of talking about. So Thoughts on either one of those, and then we can segue to the next one.
2: Yeah, I'll take the Jaron Hall piece. You know, I don't think that we're giving him a ton, as you know, you and I talked about this a little bit earlier in the group chat we have, um, where they're, they're not putting a ton on his plate, right? They're giving him some easier concepts. It's a Christian
0: Ponder playbook right now.
2: A little bit. Right. And again, and I think that that's actually a smart way to go about it because you don't want to completely destroy his confidence if he's not able to, you know, pull a Kirk cousins and just do the three step drops and and completely read a defense. So, you know, getting him some easy completions, getting that confidence up is, is something I think that they're trying to do. I thought he played a lot better this week than he did the week prior um, again, obviously, we probably simplified things a bit and, and, and gave him some easier looks, but um, and, and the offensive line obviously, they they were playing decent at best, which again, we're about to get to, uh, especially the, the depth pieces of those. Um, but overall, I, I thought that he played well, I think he got out of the pocket well. He, yeah. that touchdown drive that he led that led to a Dwayne McBride uh, touchdown that that was a lot was on him right getting out of the pocket making some throws uh scrambling I think for two first downs or uh, close to two first downs and one of them was a big scramble for you used know, to work on just
0: sliding though
2: <laughs> yeah sure yeah I, mean, I know I remember him kind of going up and not knowing which way to go and just kind of fell forward but yeah um so yeah I mean I I'm, I'm I wasn't expecting this kid to Take over the backup job uh from you know the moment we drafted him or anything like that. I uh, knew that he was gonna be more of a developmental project. And I think right now it's going decently well. Uh, you know, I wasn't expecting much more than what we saw this weekend, and I'm excited to see a bit more um of him this uh coming weekend, especially with a signing. Uh, was it Jordan? I don't know how to say last name, Ta Amu. Tiamu, Tiamu, I think. Tiamu. Yeah. So um I'm excited to potentially see what he has too. Right. I mean, uh, he's been around uh, either in this league or in the um, was it USFL or XFL uh, that he's coming from. So, you know, and and he's shown to be pretty good. I think he won like the MVP or best player of the year um, in, in that minor league there. But um, so, yeah, we'll see what he brings to the table as well. If if he's just being brought in as a backup and we're going to let Jaron Hall run the whole game, kind of like Malik Willis did uh, this week. Uh, for the titans or if he's actually going to get some reps like half a game or whatnot so
0: i think with the jaron hall thing and maybe this is just a a me thing that i need to get over because sometimes when you watch these players you just want them to be like a little bit further along in their development always um but you do bring up some good points and and i when watching him like there were plays where i was like wow you did a great job like moving the pocket keeping your eyes downfield Making good throws, but then there was somewhere he's just like staring his receiver down, uh, and the safety is just reading it the whole way. Uh, he Donovan McNabb to pass one time. He stood <laughs> in the pocket way too long on another one. So I guess it's just it's just those rookie growing pains. I really would like to still see him though, like with the twos, because some of those receivers are not getting the separation that they need for him, which means you have to kind of design those you know, screens and, and bootlegs. But then, again, if they do get separation, the offensive line is just crashing down. I was just um, going to
1: say, it's the the offensive, the backup offensive line is trash. Like, yeah. Well, you know, let's I, talk like,
0: about it. Let's segue into it.
1: Well, because, I, well, I feel like, to your point, like, you want the receivers to get more, you know, separation and get open. But at the same time, um, those are, like, kind of the backup depth receivers on this team, right? Like, the guys on Saturday, Tristan Jackson, Jalen Rager, and Brandon Powell were, like, They've kind of made themselves like the four, five, six receivers on this roster. Maybe five, six, seven. You know, Jalen. Yeah. Obviously, Jalen Naylor's been hurt. Sounds like he's back today, which is great news. But um, like those guys might all either make the roster. Like two of those three guys are probably going to make this roster. But to your point, um, it, I still felt like that defense the, or the the offensive line is just like we had. I'm going to pull yeah. up his name. Because I I cannot like for the sake Alan, of me Alan Alley or whatever. Thank you. Alan yep. Alley was the was the starting left guard on Saturday. <laughs> he was a college free agent this year. Not I'm not saying college free agents like like an Ivan Pace was a free agent, but like it's a tall task. It's a tall task for a guy. And you know he's not making the roster. You know, like it's tough because they just don't have they haven't brought anybody like real competition into that interior guard spots. Um they had to move Blake Brandle into guard. Last week
0: he was really well.
1: Well, right. But Randall was playing left guard last week. He's now playing right guard this week. Like Mm -hmm. they need to bring in somebody that like, I still think Randall should make the team. I think he, he's like your utility, like Mm -hmm. backup. Everything but center. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Like I don't have any, I I think every team should have a guy like that, but I still think they need a true guard that they can bring in. That has some veteran experience um, to push both the starters, but also, be like actual depth and because we have no idea what's going on with chris reed i just at this point you obviously can't expect anything to come out of that yeah. So i would i think they should be making moves to, to figure that out
2: and you, thought, and some of the names you mentioned in that tweet from the interior alignment perspective were uh greg van rotten from the vegas which um, sounds
1: like he might be a lock for that team but
2: like he was just someone i just you know sure sure and David Edwards and Ike Botker uh, from Buffalo Becker. and then yeah. Becker. And then my boy, Cody Ford from Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, um, which I already got yelled at for that because he's trash, which he has been bad. So <laughs>
2: he hasn't been good. No, uh, it's been grass is always funny.
0: greener miles. Yeah, <laughs> right. Funny. Um, yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting talking point for sure. Obviously they brought in Dalton Reisner for a visit a few weeks ago. Maybe this game was enough for them to be like, we need somebody in there. Like, I think I think the only two standouts for me were Blake Brandle and Vidarian Lowe. I thought both of them played well um, for you know given the circumstances. Oliudo, I don't know if it's just a technique issue. Um, I don't think he played as bad as people want to portray. When you let up sacks and, and pressures, I get that people are are going to beat down your throat a little bit, but. He just had yeah. that two plays, two plays in a row
2: that were absolutely brutal. And
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm it's, not, like, equating time. him to Phil Lodeholt, but, like, Phil Lodeholt back in the day was, like, a good right tackle. But he always would have those, like, one or two plays or, like, he'd false start where he'd, like, kind of fall forward and everyone would be like, oh, Phil Lodeholt, what the hell? And it's just, like, <laughs> it felt like that's kind of the reaction we got for Ole Udo on Saturday a little bit. But, yeah, sure. offensive line is, is definitely something that – we need to address um,
2: over these next two weeks. There's going to be a lot of opportunity to bring guys in or whatnot or trade for people, whoever, whatever it is. So it'll be interesting. Think that, what happens?
1: I, I think the tough part with like, a, obviously, I think we'd all say, Oh, Dalton Roger would be an easy one. And I think we all agree with that. But I think what the Vikings money. are looking for, not even just money. I think what the Vikings are looking for is like, they're looking for like a cheaper option, but also a guy that is willing to accept a backup role. And I think that's, yeah. there's a huge difference for probably where Dalton Reisner is in his career and what he's been able to do.
0: Um, They're not ready to give up on Ingram quite yet. Or I guess it could even be as Cleveland. That's what bothers me
1: is that everybody says it's only Ingram. But, like, it's definitely both guys. And I more so because Cleveland is not long-term here unless he signs a cheap deal or whatever. But Ingram is someone they spent a second-round pick on. So they're not going to just – a year ago, they're not just going to, like, give up on that. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll have a, a lot more to probably continue to talk about, but those are probably the main talking points from Saturday's game. Um, we did mention Najee Thompson, right? Uh, no, uh,
2: not really. Oh, well, I mean, but I he'll make the team. He yeah, he brings he brings the energy. I mean, that word easier, good, he's good gunner. Games. So yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: we love that. So, but yeah, this week is going to be interesting. Um, one more final game coming up here and then cut down day is i don't know what day it is specifically um but yeah there's going to be some some changes for sure so we'll probably come back i don't know i haven't talked to you guys about it but we've been doing tuesday live shows so i'll plan on being here if you guys want to join you can but uh like and subscribe come back for more content uh the regular season is almost here and then and then the real fun conversations start cuz this is just filling space but um, until next time I'm Matt that's Ryan and Miles Skullvikes